I'm delighted to welcome today the fearless Robin Waite, who is an author. Um, um, oh, goodness me. There's so many words. I, don't, I can't get the words out this morning, Robin. So um, you're a dad, you're a surfer, you're a business coach. Um, you, you guide people in all kinds of ways, particularly in keeping balance in life. So your, your book, Take Your Shot, um, which you kindly sent to me, and here it is, uh, waving dutifully, um, pretty much about balance in life, balance in uh, business and so on and so forth. So welcome. And what led you to, to write the book to start with? Let, let, let's start at that point. Yeah, thank you, Elaine. Uh, pre appreciate the introduction and, uh, and welcoming onto the podcast as well. Um, yeah, Take Your Shot is an interesting one. So um, the, the short version is I, I ran a marketing agency myself for 12 years and then had a little bit of a mini sort of breakdown towards the end of that. And I was sort of in between children at the time. So we, um, my second daughter was about to arrive by um, uh, a planned cesarean section. And I just had a I just lost my stuff and I know women do the bulk of the work when it comes to child you know rearing and having children and things like that but um as a dad what you know and you know what you're about to step into with your second child it just got a bit overwhelming so I ended up actually closing the agency and and um uh, very promptly very quickly after that and then had an offer to for, from somebody to buy it off me which was great and it gave me a bit of a chance just to take stock and step back and in that sort of process, when people heard that I sold my agency, they started, um, uh, people were coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, we've got agencies, we've got businesses, could you help us build and, build and sell them? So I, I, that's what I started doing, just sort of mentoring business owners quietly. And I put on a webinar, and originally it was geared around um, web design agencies, because that's predominantly what I used to do in mine. And after it, I got a phone call from this guy, who's very excitable, this guy called Russ. Oh, the workshop was amazing. Absolutely love the webinar. The tips, I think, would be brilliant for me. I, you know, I really think you can help me grow my business. And I was like, cool, so tell me about your business. And he went, I'm a golf professional. And I was like, hold on a second. This was a webinar for web designers. How on earth did you get onto it? How did you find it? And he said, oh, well, a friend of mine heard about you, said that you were brilliant. He said, you know, I should come and sit, sit in on this webinar. And I did. And actually, Russ became my first official coaching client. So the whole story, which is sort of encapsulated in Take Your Shot, is all about that journey of, of Russ sort of meeting a business coach, starting to unpick his offer, get comfortable with his pricing and design a business for himself that uh, he was exactly like me. He had two young kids. He was absolutely exhausted, working all hours under the sun to try and make ends meet for his family. And um, so there was there was quite a nice sort of tie in between where I was at and where he was at at the time. And um, uh, I, I unpacked all of that story and put it into Take Your Shot. Brilliant. And and that just also goes to show that everything is transferable. People think that their business is unique when in actual fact, we all have the same challenges, marketing, sales, um, processes, IT, communication. I mean, it goes on and on, doesn't it? Finance, et cetera, et cetera. So when you um, when you wrote your book, uh, I don't suppose you you, you had the working title um it wasn't very difficult to to create your working title take your shot no it's it was it, and again that was just that came out of a coaching session i just said to the um to russ um he was kind of umming and ahhing over something which we had discussed and he and we, we there were a number of different options which i came up up, up with him up for with him during the coaching session about his sort of next steps and um and i i just said to him listen how much do you want this and he was like yeah i want it 
you know, so much. And there's that famous quote, I can't remember who who said it, but you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And I quoted that. Jordan, I think, was that Michael Jordan? Yeah, that's right. And um, uh, he kind of said to me, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I just said, take your shot. You just got to give it a shot, do something. Like, it doesn't matter what it is, but let's just give it a go. And so, yeah, that, that's where the, the sort of working title came from, uh, you know, came from organically out of one of the coaching sessions again, which was quite nice. Brilliant. So the sub the subtitle is, so it's take your shot, how to grow your business, attract more clients and make more money. And again, I, I refer to the balance word. It's all about balance, isn't it? Because you can you can generate the, all the money in the world and be as miserable as sin. Um, you can... Um, you know, have lots of clients, but then be overwhelmed and overworked. And, and, and that's not right either. So how, how do how do you guide people to get the balance? Yeah, so it starts with having a very clear sort of goal in mind for yourself about what it is that you want to achieve. And um, I'm a I'm a self-professed numbers geek, basically. I've done jobs all my life that involve numbers in some way, shape or form. So I started out life as a systems analyst. I did the web business, which is all about coding and numbers. So, um, and when you actually look at a business, everything in a business is also all about numbers. It, you know, you mentioned lots of things there from sales to um, finance to admin to all of the different functions of business marketing, you know, conversion rates, your net profit, your turnover, your uh, number of leads, which your business all revolve around money. The price of your products is numbers. Um, so it's really important for business owners when they first start out to have a clear idea about what their financial goal is for their business. So let's say, for example, a business owner wants to earn, and I'm going to round the numbers. These aren't ideal numbers for every business. It, it, you know, your goals are personal, but for my sake, to make the numbers easy, um, let's say you wanted to earn 100K and the product or service that you want to sell is going to be a thousand pounds, say. So we take one number and divide it into the other, and we end up with a hundred units that we've got to sell at a thousand pounds in order to create a hundred thousand pounds a year revenue. And straight away, we can start to inter interrogate those numbers. Um, and most business owners just don't do this very basic calculation. They don't look at that and go, oh, you know, as a business coach, could I work with, or a health you know, mentor or whatever it is that you do, could I work with 100 clients in a year? And, and if the question is no, well, actually, my capacity is maybe 20 clients a year. Well, all of a sudden, we know that we're already going to be falling short of our goal because a thousand pounds you know per per client at 20 clients that's only 20 grand a year so we know that somehow we've got to try and create a 5k product and understand how to articulate the value of that product to our ideal client we've got to figure out how we can start to build more value into that product to make it more attractive to the, that ideal client um, and it's also quite interesting that um where business owners undercharge where they don't charge enough for their products or services and they go through this process of just having to enroll as many clients as they possibly can into their business they end up in something called the sales cycle of doom right and what the sales cycle of doom looks like is sell deliver sell deliver sell deliver sell deliver sell deliver sell deliver and they get ill or they have to go you know kids take a break over the summer holidays or something like that so they take some time off take a big deep breath and then we go again sell deliver sell deliver sell deliver sell deliver and, and i don't know about you but my ideal you know notion of success isn't about going around in circles like that but there's a really interesting thing which happens when you do understand how to increase the value of the products or services which you sell like your whole world opens up because all of a sudden you know it, it's kind of it's you're still kind of going around in a in a 
some kind of a circular process, but it, it's it's elongated. So if you sell something for more money, you have more time to deliver a better quality product or service to that client, which then you know gets them better results, which then means you're more referable, which so you get better reviews, case studies, testimonials, which then makes it easier to enroll your next clients because people can see the great work which you're doing. And so you end up in this really virtuous sort of cycle and um, the nice thing about it is that um, you can your business all of a sudden becomes more profitable. When the business is more profitable, you can set some some of that profit aside into a rainy day fund. So you've got a savings kitty. And when you've got, you know, 20K, 50K, 100K sat in a savings account, a rainy day fund, I mean, it depends on the size of your business, um, your decision making processes change entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, when you've got nothing in the bank, you make decisions from a place of fear. What should I do? Oh, I've got to go out and get clients. How, how can I get? And everything's like, it, it's it's all very, you know, it, we need to do it now. And it's very scarce. And it's like a very scary place to be. And when you're in that place, you know, as you know, Elaine, you, you can't make like sound decisions. The, if, if you just then imagine that you've got 50K sat in the bank account and you've got to go out and get a client, you would approach it entirely differently. And actually that entirely different way is the right way to get clients. Just take a nice patient approach, qualify people. When you do enroll them, it's a fantastic fit. And if it's a fantastic fit, they're going to get remarkable results at the end of it. Mm, absolutely. Um, interestingly that you're talking about the pricing and the um, the qualification, because that's that's where I've kind of come to. I'm, I'm semi-retired these days, so I'm not looking to build ICI or anything like that now. I've been there, done all that, and everything had had the money and it didn't didn't make me happy. Um, so so I've got my balance right now. So I'm not looking to take on loads and loads of clients, and I am qualifying people. And in fact, I put people off. I say to people, don't come to me if you're not prepared to work at your health and well-being, because unless you make changes, nothing's going to change. Yeah. And you know, for, for some people with, say, stage four cancer or, or MS, diabetes, those kinds of um, areas that I, I'm tending to work in these days, because that's what people have. Um, I'm, I'm saying to them, don't, don't, you know, I'll have a, a chat with you. I can give you some brief guidance, but you've got to do a lot of work. Are you prepared? Are you ready? So I'm qualifying people. I didn't realize that's what I was doing, but actually you've you kind of put it quite succinctly. And also the pricing side of things. Um, a lot of people um, that I know have come from a volunteering background as, as myself. So when you come from a, um, a situation where you're your the money doesn't come into it you're doing things you know out of the goodness of your heart and you want to make a difference and all the rest of it how do you make that leap from from not talking about money um not needing money whatever the thing is to to making a charge how do you um how do you make that you, you've explained how you do it um from a numbers point of view yeah. but it's more than numbers isn't it it's self-confidence and so on and and i wonder if that's where you get your fearless t-shirt and and uh, thing behind you <laughs> yeah where that comes from yeah well first, first of all it's it's really important to make a distinction about what what fear, being fearless means okay so because a lot of people mistake the word fearless for being reckless mm-hmm. um there's a, there's a lot of very reckless things you can do out there to put yourself into danger and things like that but no the the word fearless in terms of our brand um where it came from was fearing the things in business ever so slightly less that stop you from achieving your goals that you set out for yourself and it could be as simple as 
stepping out and rather than going to a networking meeting we'll put yourself on the stage and speak in front of 50 people mm. instead of you know being a spectator at the back of the room for example you know quietly um little little things like that which make the biggest difference as a business owner but no it, from a practical perspective of sort of um understanding like or take starting to take that first step into you know putting yourself out there and asking for more money we have to remember that so a lot of small business owners, they get very caught up in thinking that they aren't the business. And actually, it's not. So imagine if we've got Elaine over here, and we've got your business over here, Elaine, they're two separate entities. And so, and it's perfectly normal, like everybody has their own different relationships with money, positive, negative, doesn't matter, those words are irrespective here, we just have our own relationship with money, how we value ourselves, and a lot of that is predicated on stuff that's gone on in the past conversations, which we've um, either been a part of, or maybe heard our parents get involved in, you know, and things like that. But if Elaine's got worries, anxieties, troubles, and she's having a, a bad day, a wobbly day, and she brings that into her business, well, straight away, bang, your business is like going all over the place as well. But your business, though, on the other hand, is like your business doesn't have feelings, emotions or anything like that. What your business needs is rock solid foundations, but it is still an entity. It needs feeding and its fuel, its oxygen is money making profit at the end of the day. And so, you know, it's a bit like, um, you know, you, you're looking after somebody's dog at the moment. Your dog needs feeding. It needs walking. It needs watering. There is like sustain, life sustaining stuff that the animal needs, we need as human beings, that your business needs. And you need to treat your business like that. You need to feed it with, with money and with profit. Um, and as the, 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 the again, one of the fa my favorite sayings is, you know, turnover is vanity, profit is, sorry, yeah, turn it, turnover is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is king. And cash is the important part. If you've got cash in the business, you have choices. When you have choices, things are much less stressful. And so we should be doing whatever we can to ensure that our business is sustainable and it has recurring revenue coming in and that the profit is growing and cash in the business, most importantly, is growing. And then, and then Elaine, we can detach from our business and we can go and have our wobbles over here, but we know that our business is stable and secure. What do you think is going to happen when we know our business is stable and secure? Well, we're all of a sudden going to be a reflection of that. We're going to start to become more stable and secure, make better decisions, be able to deliver a better quality of service to our clients. Yeah, absolutely. Cash is definitely king. That's what brought my first business down. So I, I started my first business when I was 22. I'm 66 now, so a very, very long time ago. Um, we were very successful very quickly. Oh, the dog's coming on my lap here now. Um, so, um, yeah, so a bit very profitable very quickly but we had no processes no systems we didn't come this is my second husband and I we didn't have a um a business background um and there were no such things in the this is in the late 70s yeah. so no such things as um business um mentors or coaches accountants looked backwards bank managers just played golf all day and patted you on the head and you know off we go so um it was very different despite that we did amazingly well but then we lost it all because there was no foundation. So exactly what you say. Um, and because the cash, the cash um, situation, you know, dried up um, and uh, stress all around. But uh, yeah. there we go. Um, we learn. And so, you know, that's how 
that's how we can help others, isn't it? By by experiencing things ourselves. And it's so linked with health and well-being. Um, if if we are stressed out, our body is going to be stressed and our body will pick up anything that's going. Um, it's it's really all all um, connected. I have um I have 10, 10 areas that need to be in balance in terms of health and well-being. Um, and I'm sure they're very similar to, to business kind of equivalent. So mine are um, um, mind, body, work, home, uh, beliefs, values, attitudes, behaviours and friends and family. So those 10, when they're in balance, then our health and well-being is 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 right. So what are, what are your top um, balancing things in business and, and also in your life? Because you're a dad, you like surfing. And I think you said cycling as well before we came on camera. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've got a dog. I like, you know, I, I, I'm not sure I like the walking so much. I like the companionship of like taking Wilbur out, but you know, the walks I could kind of, you know, forego. But uh, no, in, in terms of kind of, um, I think one of the mistakes that entrepreneurs, business owners make, especially, and this is, I've, I've been there, I've done, I got the t-shirt a couple of times, is that entrepreneurship can be quite addictive. You can get lost in your work and it be drawn to it, you know, whenever there's a, a quiet moment in your life, be drawn back into the office and back to your desk and back working again. And um, on a couple of occasions, actually, I've realized how toxic that can, mm. that relationship with your business can potentially lead to being. Um, and I, there's two examples, which I've got, actually. Um, the, 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 the first one was that in the coaching space, there's this big thing about like what we call scaling, scaling coaching businesses, right? And seven figure this, and eight figure that, and 20 figure whatever. I came to realize that actually there's a lot of bullshit. Mm -hmm. in Absolutely. And um, when I, I mean, I, I set my business up on the, you know, I, I went through the numbers, did all the everything, you know, uh, for the first couple of years, I had a very successful, like mighty small coaching business. It was just little old me going out, coaching people, speaking at events, writing books, doing all the fun stuff. And then I got into this caught up in the scaling thing. And it was like bringing in team members and doing ads and all this sort of stuff. And it kind of was working, but I realized that where I was probably only do, I was probably doing about 20 hours worth of coaching a week, which actually doesn't sound like a lot, but as a coach, that is a reasonable amount, plus all of the other stuff. Then you add in the scaling stuff, and now I'm managing other people. There's another 10 hours taken up a week, plus I'm managing my ads. That's another 10 hours. All of these things, God, it just burnt me out. I was just ruined by the end of it. And um, uh, so kind of, kind of scaled things back, and I was like, I could have a really great little coaching practice doing – anywhere between 100k a year and 250k a year you know and th and that's a great little business for a one just little old me and I do now have associate coaches who help with stuff I have uh, apologies I hit the microphone there I do also have VAs who come in and help with stuff periodically but I find a specialist VA who knows what they're doing I give them one task they do it really well very minimal management or, and, and involvement in my time so that was massively helpful when I had that moment of realization, sort of actually it's anti-growth. It's like, don't grow your business. Let's scale it back and let's keep it small and, and very well organized. Um, and then the second side of it, I, and I will talk about the personal side as well, if we have um, if we have time for it, too. But the second realization I had actually happened post-COVID. Um, I, I got COVID quite badly at the start of um, 2020 when it all kicked off in March that you remember that March when we all went into lockdown and um, just energy levels were just zapped after that I just really struggled to kind of just um, find my flow and just keep like um, really just keep things at a sustainable sort of rate so 
came to the conclusion um uh, sort of the latter part of last year well there's no point in trying to fight this i might as well try and work with it not against it and um you probably get this as well elaine i i get maybe 20 30 plus emails messages this that and the other every day of shiny little marketing things or stuff that i could buy or things that i could do in my business or try or subscriptions to sign up to whatever it might be and i just found that that those were the things that were exhausting me having to manage that process and decide whether i should say yes to it or not and like the actual if i signed up for any one of them like the difference it would make to my business minimal like it's mostly just noise so i made a very conscious decision intentional decision at the start of this year to say no to absolutely everything that came across my inbox without thinking about it it's just no not going to give it my time i might write them a, a polite reply and say thanks for getting in touch but this isn't for me but you know let's connect um you know and keep it that way but carpet blank no and so first of all i got more time it's obvious I don't have to any of that noise the second thing is all of a sudden I started to um uh, be uh, get really clear on the the things which would make a difference which would push the needle a lot so that typical 80 20 the 20 percent of the things which create 80 percent of the result consistently and as a result of that I've, I've been booked onto some amazing podcasts because I've had the invitations come in and I go bang that's a great opportunity um uh uh, there's an event which I sponsored um, last week as well, which I think if I'd been caught up in all the noise, I would have missed that opportunity and been busy doing something else. But 800 copies of Take Your Shot are in the goodie bags that went out at that event. I got to experience the event and get up there and meet a load of great people. As a result of that, I met another big YouTuber influencer who's now wants to get into a partnership with me. So being conscious about and, and, um, uh, you know, really specific about the things which you know are going to push the needle the most is, is massively important. And it means that also I just I just have more time. When it comes to family, though, that's slightly different. And this is where it probably gets a bit personal for me. Um, I struggle as a dad. And I, I no shame in admitting this. I, I haven't found being dad like as a really natural thing to do. So I have to work. I don't have to work at my business. Like, um, I hope that doesn't sound arrogant. When I get into the flow with coaching and because of my my training and experience, I, I can't I kind of just you just do it naturally. And it and it feels effortless. It's easy and effortless at work. And so does a lot of the other periphery stuff in the business. When it comes to being like dad, husband, and things like that, I found that I actually have to put a lot of effort in to to keep my game, you know, good and to make sure that I'm showing up for my daughters and to make sure that I'm giving my wife the time and attention which she deserves you know and helping out around the house and and those sorts of things and some sometimes I'm not going to lie it is a bit of a grind I do find it hard work but equally um is it there was a um a bodybuilder I think his name was Jersey Gregorick and he again great quote he said uh hard uh easy things hard life hard things easy life and so the more I put into forging those relationships with the girls and with my wife and um, people who are important to me sort of outside of work, I've realized that actually it does make my life a little bit easier. Each time I engage with, with them, I have, it's not quite so hard work. Um, and again, that just saves a little bit of energy and it makes life a little bit more easy and effortless as well. Mm. It, it, again, it's, it's about balance, isn't it? And um, yeah. having, having a profit, profitable business that can then guide your lifestyle because everything is linked together, particularly you know, small businesses like ours, um, 
you have to make the choice. Do you want to, you know, grow big and, and have all these headaches or keep as you are? But then if you keep as you are, you are the business. So yeah. do you actually have a business? Have you just all, all all you've done maybe is create just created yourself a job? So it sounds as though you're you're kind of flexing a bit and you're getting the best of all all worlds. And and this comes with experience and maturity and, and what you want from life and also your age. You know, every every kind of decade we go through different chapters, and I'm in a completely different chapter now to to you are. Um, but I I do identify with the struggling as the parent thing. Um, yeah. I you know I admit that I wasn't the best mother, um, and still not the best mother uh, in the world. But I do pride myself that my children are now completely independent. But part of that was because of my absence. Really, I was work 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 work. Um, and in fact, um, had a nanny with, with when, my, when my daughter was young for, for my daughter. Um, and then his my son, his dad uh, is a musician. And while he was uh, practicing his bass playing, um, Andrew was just, you know, noodling about and I was at work again. So it, it's, it, yes, I, I don't think there's any shame in admitting. Um, and and it's, it's kind of like the society we're in now, it's kind of like the vulnerability is the strength because you're, you're admitting that okay, well, you know, we're not perfect human beings, but we do what we are in business. We're you know shit hot at what we what we do in business. Um, and um, yeah, ha hands up and, and hats off to you. So um, behind you, you've got a number of books. So um, the one that you sent me, take your shot. I think that was your first one. Um, you've got several others there. Tell us about those and, and what what, um, what what they're about. Yeah, so t take your shot was actually the second book. So the first one was online business startup. So that's that was a, a um, it was a just it's a kind of a how to book basically for people who are just getting started in business want to learn how to market it online. Um, it's it's quite heavy in terms of like the web designer side of things because I when I wrote it I was still involved heavily in that sort of business. So. Um, but it's a great book. I think it sold something like 15,000, 18,000 copies or something like that over the last 10 years. So it's done reasonably well. I, it was an, it was, I know everybody like touts Amazon bestseller status as well, but, um, that there's it's a bit of a joke. Cause like when you do Amazon bestseller stays like on there for like two hours or something, but actually, um, online business startup was on there for I think three and a half years at the top of the small business and entrepreneurship oh, category. Welcome. But you have to bear in mind, this is a few years back, and that's before the, now, now every man, woman, and their dog has got a, a book out there. Um, but it, it, it did really well, actually. To, um, any, I'd recommend, actually, anybody who wants to sort of build their personal brand and raise their profile online, a book is still the best best way to do that because that book opened up so many doors to me. It got me onto so many amazing podcasts. Like, for example, I've been on the Google Partners podcast and some really notable podcasts as a result of writing that first book. Um, it's got me on stage speaking, paid speaking engagements as well. Um, it's meant that there's like, you search for Robin Waite and like my books are kind of synonymous with me. So and if anybody's listening to this and is thinking, oh, I should write a book. Well, one, it's a bit selfish of you not to write it because everybody's got a message and they can all help people. But two, it's just great for personal profile rate, you know, gives you the credibility and authority. Take your shot. Obviously, we talked a little bit about that at the start, you know, that story of, of Russ growing at the struggling sort of business owner and how he meets a coach, turns it around. And um, I won't give any spoiler alerts away because I've got a little gift for everybody at the end of the podcast as well um, for the book. And then those are kind of my two, what I would say, proper books. And then I've got several others which came off the back of sort of speaking engagements. They're more sort of lead magnets. So 
marketing machine, for example, is like my take on how people get marketing wrong, even even still in this day and age. And it's all about social media, whereas really, actually, you just need to build great marketing assets and they'll do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. And actually, there's um, uh, a series of 50 short marketing tips in there as well, just to help get people started with building those marketing assets. Um and then uh, uh, I've got I've got a couple of others, but probably they're a little little bit more insignificant, I would say, than those three. Does that one next door to take your shot on your shelf? Does that say police officer? Yes, it does. So that police officer to entrepreneur, actually. So that's written by uh-huh. a guy called Alex Siri. Um, so alongside Fearless Business, my coaching practice, I have several associate coaching roles as well. Um, so Alex Siri's um, program, it's called Shift to Success, and actually he helps ex and serving police officers who are coming out of the police to then start up their own business um because a lot of them unfortunately they end up sort of going into very tr- um cliched jobs you know like security guards and stuff like that um whereas actually um so we he started that program i think four and a half years ago now we've had 250 police officers go through the program and we've had anything from somebody selling meat locally in his you know in his local area down in Essex we've had dog trainers come out of the program we've had graphic designers videographers all sorts of different types of businesses lettings agents come out of it um some of them have even gone on to you know our goal with them is always to try and get them to that point whereby they can replace their police income and we we had somebody apologies if I'm rambling on do stop me Elaine but um we we had somebody sort of challenge challenge us and say oh you're taking people out of public service this is a bad thing we're like no actually a lot of the people who come on to shift to success they are police officers who've gone through some well not some a lot of trauma on the job they many of them have got PTSD so we spend a lot of time talking about the mindset side of things and we're very careful not to like push them too hard because if if we if we push on a button that brings back some of that trauma it's not helpful um so we're kind of helping people come out who are coming out of the police force anyway um for whatever reason um you know and there's plenty of police going back the other way and starting and you know you know going in as fresh police officers they're never going to be short of officers um but yeah I'd taken an enormous amount of satisfaction my father was actually a police officer so that's also the tie-in with that so he was in Essex police force for nine years so I was like get get stuck into that program for sure interesting my father was a police inspector um sadly he died in 1976 he was based at Rumford um before he he died oh Rumford so my that there's a tie in there so my dad was in Dagenham um South End and he would have done some work in Rumford I'm sure I'm trying to think it would have been I think around about the late 1960s early 70s it wouldn't surprise me if they crossed paths in the corridor at the police station yeah very very possibly (laughs) Um, and I was a special for a while I was going through my first divorce and um I applied for the police. Um, um, where are we? So I was just barely 19 when dad died and I applied for the police and they, um, they were, where was it, 21 I applied. Yeah, he died 19. Um, I think I must have applied when I was about 21. And they said, oh, you're going through this divorce and um, uh, sort your personal life out. It was in the days where they still had section houses where the men lived in one and the women lived in another and, uh, you know, police housing and so on. Yeah. Um, sort your life out um, and then reapply. But in the meantime, how about being a special? So I think about 18 months or so I was a special and I loved it. Um, and I was at Woodford. I was based at Chinkford, uh, which is where I was brought up. And then um, 
I did uh, stuff at Woodford. So I was working during the day, then going out on the cars with the lads at night. I loved it. Absolutely. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then, I, then I met my second husband and then we started our business. Um, and uh, that was in the kitchen industry. Yes. So, uh, yeah, very, very aware, um, aware of the the problems with the police and um, how shocking the police force is today compared to how it was in, in our dad's day. It's, it's, it's unrecognisable now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I tell you one of the best things about working with um, all of the, the folks on Shift of Success is um, the work ethic that police officers have. Mm. Oh, it's brilliant. It's like second to none. You get, I, I meet a lot of entrepreneurs who are kind of just dabbling, just playing, and the police officers then come in and they're like, right, give us a process, give us a formula. Yeah. They work mm. through it methodically. They, they're very tenacious. They don't stop. And, you know, lo and behold, they get amazing results. Brilliant. I've interviewed a couple of ex-police who've um, gone on to do different things. One of them runs a cybersecurity business now. And the other one is a voiceover coach and uh, no voiceover artist. So, yeah, it's amazing. Um, and, and all the skills that we have in life, no matter where we acquire them from, they're all transferable, aren't they, one shape or another? Yeah, 100%. As long as we know what our purpose is, um, and that's a conversation for another day, perhaps, but knowing our purpose is the thing that kind of shifts many people off track because they don't know what their purpose is. They're kind of just going along the mundane things they're doing a business because maybe they they're not cut out to be an employee not everybody is but maybe they're not quite cut out to be a business person so thank heavens we have coaches like you <laughs> thank and, you uh, yeah, amazing so we, we could talk forever robin but um let's finish now with um maybe some top tips or you mentioned an offer earlier on how do you want to, how do you want to wrap up yeah, I mean, so one of the best tips I've got is if, if um, this is for people who are looking to sort of start a business or maybe already in business, but um, don't compare yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. um, I always say go and look at your competitors because it's useful to kind of see what they're getting up to and you might learn something, but don't assume that they actually know what they're doing. And it might even be, especially when it comes to pricing, it might be that imagine you're about to copy them and their business isn't making any profit. So you're about to literally copy a, a really bad business model and build an unprofitable business for yourself. So don't assume they know what they're doing. When you set your prices, when you design your business, like you talked about setting goals and having a purpose, um, make sure that um, you know you take the time to figure out that sort of very simplified sort of business plan. What is it that you're trying to achieve? How do we make turn this into a profitable business? Um, so that that would be my best um, best tip. Don't don't compare yourself to others. Um, for sure. And then, yeah, I've got um, a handful of um, copies of Take Your Shot, which I'm happy to um, sign for your listeners as well um, and post out to them. So uh, if anybody wants one of those, they're welcome to go to fearless.biz forward slash TYS. Uh, that's lowercase um, TYS, obviously, for Take Your Shot. Uh, pop your details in there. And then, yeah, the first um, few people who pop their details in, I'll sign and send out a copy. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Very kind of you. Been fabulous speaking with you, Robin, and I'm sure we'll be talking again. Thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. Thank you, Elaine.